I'm so excited uh, just to share my heart with you this morning, to share the truth of God's Word. I, um, I, I, I want to just mention this really quick. If you weren't here last week, you got to go back and listen to Caroline's message. And then if you were here, or maybe you've already listened, I'd, it would behoove you to listen again. Listen, one of the things Caroline said was that, you know, we're, we're, right now we're in a time in a society where it's, it's all about me. What, how, what, what can I do to make myself feel better? How can I get to this place? There's so much self-reflection. And Caroline says, we need less self-reflection and more Jesus obsession. Isn't that true? Man, I, because the, the reality is, is when we self-reflect and we're, we're trying to get somewhere in life, we miss it on our own. Jesus is actually the only one that can give us true life. He is the giver of life. He's the way, he's the truth, and he is life. And not just any life, but it's abundant life. And Caroline also said, man, this word right here, she said, this, this is not subject, subjective. This is the absolute truth that will set you free. And she also reminded us that this word became flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus. When you and I read this scripture, we're reading the language, the heartbeat, and the very will of Jesus Christ. She said, Jesus is the word, and the word has words. Amen? Oh, listen, we cannot manipulate the word of God to, to our, our plan, our agenda, and our lifestyle. We don't change it. It changes us. And when we allow the Word of God to really change us and we believe it and we obey it and we begin to apply it to our life, the result is life. The result is freedom. Amen? Are you happy this morning? Oh, and then two weeks ago, Nedra brought this Word. It was like this one long prophetic, like empowering Word for us to step into who who we truly are. I just remember sitting there and just feeling the roots of my identity just growing deep in the soul of God's love as she was just releasing the word. Oh, man, you got to go back and listen to that again and then do it again and then go back and listen to Caroline's. Man, I'm excited to share this word. Um, I I want, before I get into the message, I want to invite you to come and be a part of something this Wednesday night at 530 we're going to gather right here at the church at 5.30, and we're going to go out, and we're going to pray for people, and we're going to share the gospel with people. We're going to go to an area of the city where one of the world games is taking place. Did you, did you know that the world games are in town? So, so, so yesterday we had street ministry, and we went to Avondale where one of the world games, the archery, was taking place. Y'all, it was such, I, I, don't, even know, I don't even know what to say about it. It was my favorite time going out on street ministry. And, and y'all, and it was, and, and just for those of you that don't know, the World Games are here. There are 3,600 elite athletes from 100 different countries that have all convened in our city, the Birmingham, of, uh, Birmingham Alabama. Isn't that amazing? And, and so like when we say, man, you don't have to go far to change the world, that's really true for these next eight days. The world has come to Birmingham. And all that keeps reverberating in my spirit is that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ. And whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. 
And so this Jesus that God gave now lives inside of us. And I just feel like it's a prime opportunity to go into our city, the world, and just give him away. Because everybody's longing for him and looking for him. He's the Savior. He's the hope. He's the joy. He's the answer that everybody in the world is is longing to have. And we have it. And so this Wednesday, we're going to go. We're going to go do that again, just like we did yesterday. And listen, we're going to meet right here at 530. And if you're like, man, I'm not so sure about going out and sharing the gospel. If you just want to come and do a prayer walk with us and just intercede. See, I I feel like uh, this this moment is so uh, important. Whether or not we get to pray for anyone from the world games or not, I feel like our intentionality of stepping into our city to release a kingdom seed that the Holy Spirit's going to take it and use it and do more with it than you and I will ever realize. There is something powerful right now that is taking place, man, in our world and that has come to the city and God is moving. And I just feel like if you and I would just step out, man, it would just release, man, this, the love of Jesus and this kingdom seed, man, that will continue to grow. Amen. Man, yesterday, it, it was so cool. Yesterday, we did actually get to talk to someone. We, we met the, um, the coach from, the in, uh, from India who he coached the archery. And then we met the girl who won the bronze yesterday. It was so crazy. We just went up to him. We just said, man, we just are so glad that you're in our city. We just want you to know how much Jesus Christ loves you. It was so awesome, man. And then yesterday, you guys, I kept getting text messages all day long on my phone. Five people gave their life to Jesus. Five people yesterday in Avondale gave their life to Jesus Christ. Is that not amazing? I just kept getting tested with, hey, Wes, somebody else just gave their life to Jesus. Hey, Wes, we just prayed for somebody and they got healed. Hey, we just encouraged this guy and they rededicated their life to Jesus Christ. It was so amazing. I'll share this one testimony and, and then, and then we'll, 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 we'll move on. But yet the last two ladies that me and a few people got to talk to, there was this snow cone, like, um, you know, vendor. And they were selling Gatorades and waters and snow cones. And we were so, thir- it was so hot yesterday. <laughs> we were walking around with water in our hand and we were giving water away and just blessing people. But we said, let's go get a Gatorade. And a couple there, they wanted a snow cone. So we walk up right up to the window and I said, hey, man, we, we want some snow cones and Gatorades. And there's just two precious teenage girls. And we said, we, listen, man, we also want you to know, man, that for God so loved the world that he gave his son, Jesus Christ. He was crucified for you. The world games are here, and God loves the world, and you're a part of it. I said, is there anything going on in your life that you need prayer for? And they kind of didn't really know. I said, listen, you prepare our snow cones, and as you're preparing, you be thinking about what you want prayer for, because we're not going to leave until you let us pray for you. <laughs> and, I, you know, and so they turn around, and we're talking, and they bring it back. And both of them said, man, we just really need peace in our life right now. And I, and I said, oh, man, you know who wants to give you peace? It's Jesus Christ. He's the Prince of Peace. And I just simply asked him, I said, listen, has there ever been a time in your life where you believed in Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you invited him to come in your life? And they both were kind of like, yeah, you know, kind of like a little bit unsure, but a little bit sure, kind of rode the line there. I said, well, let me ask you this question. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being you know that you go to heaven if something were to happen to you and zero being you spend an eternity apart from God because the reality is this, is the Bible says that our life is but a vapor. It only lasts for a little while and we're actually not even promised another moment. Now, I believe with all my heart that God has big plans for your life. But if something were to happen to you, would it be a 10? You'd know that you go to heaven 
with the father forever or a zero? Where are you at on that scale? And they both said an eight. And I said, I said, why? And they just begin to say, well, you know, we, we love God and we try to follow him, but we make mistakes and we do the wrong thing sometimes. And I said, I have the best news in the whole world. I said, before we leave this time with you guys, man, you can know that you know that you know that you are a born-again believer and will spend an eternity with God. Isn't that amazing? And they both begin to smile. They said, we would love that. Who wouldn't? love that and I begin to share the simple gospel with them I begin to share with them about God's grace I begin to tell them it's not about what you do it's all about what he did and so many Christians I begin to explain to them man I know I was where you were one day and so many you spend your entire life trying to earn and perform your way into a relationship with God but it's actually a gift and all you have to do is believe and receive The Bible says that no one is good but Jesus. We're good when he comes to live inside of us. And it's a gift we get to receive. And they both said, man, I want it. I said, if you just pray, and they both put their hands out in front of me, and they both received Jesus right there on the spot, man. And we rejoiced, and we celebrated. We got done, and they were, I mean, they were giddy. You can ask everybody we were, we were with. They were so giddy. And I said, now, do you know that you don't have to wait till you get to heaven before you enjoy God and the things of heaven? As you have received Jesus, heaven has come to live inside of you. Heaven is a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. I said, you can experience his love and his goodness and his glory and his favor and his blessing and his freedom right here and right now. Your response now is to run with him. It's not about how bad sin is. It's about how good God is. And we just begin to release life over them. Oh! And that happened time after time after time yesterday. Because people are hungry, man. They're desperate. Listen, man, we, we have to go on outreach until it becomes a lifestyle. And I'm going to make sure that, that, we, that we go on outreach intentionally until this thing becomes a lifestyle. And, and I, I, I want to make sure that one of the things, and I'm preaching in my own heart this morning to you guys, that the thing that we keep before us at all times, see, I have one of my roles here at Arise Birmingham as the evangelist is not just to evangelize. It's not just to share the gospel, even though I will always do that. But it's also to empower and equip everyone to go and share the good news of Jesus Christ. Because we can all do it. Because it's not even about you. It's about Christ in you. It's about the Spirit through you and a love for the people around you. Are you with me this morning? We all can do this. And and you, you all share the gospel in the most perfect way. In your own personality, your own gifts and abilities, you share it perfectly because the Holy Spirit is so perfect. He takes your words and makes them his own and he releases people everywhere you go. Your sphere of influence, God wants to use you and flow through you. And so one of the things that we always have to keep in front of us is that the original call on our life has never and will never change. The original call in our life is this. It's to go and preach the good news to all creation. Listen, man, that's our calling. And you have amazing things going on in your life, man. You have an amazing job and you have amazing things going on. But that original call 
Man, has to always be in front of you in the midst of everything that you have going on. Your call is to preach the good news to all creation. And I believe with all my heart, man, when the original call becomes a lifestyle, you'll never, ever wonder what God's will is for your life anymore. Ever. There are so many believers that spend most of their life trying to figure out, God, what is your will for my life? They're waiting on God to show them what to do in life. And I would just like to suggest this morning that God's will for you has less to do with you and more to do with the precious people around you. Are you with me this morning? So many, we're waiting on God to show us what to do. And he's just waiting on us to realize, man, I don't really care what you do. You just make sure everything you do is unto the Lord Jesus Christ. When the original call becomes a lifestyle, you'll never, ever miss God's will. You'll always be in the flow of it because his will has everything to do with what's happening around you. This is who we are. I, I want to tell you real quick just two reasons why we, we have to keep the original call in our life always in front of us. Why, why outreach has to become a lifestyle. And this will sort of leeway into the message if we ever get there. And the first reason is this, is because people are hurting. P- people are in need. Every day, everywhere around you. I mean, we knocked on a home, a door yesterday, and I mean, you would think people had water inside their home. And we were probably passing out bottles of water. And we were like, man, you probably have water, but would you like a bottle of water? Yet they came through the door. Yes, we need water. We just gave them bottles of water. People are hurting. People are in need. People are thirsty for the things of Jesus Christ. And you and I, we carry the river of living water. We carry what will quench that thirst. And I was just thinking about, you know, the past couple weeks, we've been celebrating the Roe v. Wade being overturned. And I can barely, I can barely even think about it without crying. Uh, Caroline and I, I, we were out of town, but I was standing in, in, in uh, the bedroom we were staying in, and she came in. She goes, Wes, Roe v. Wade was just overturned. And I was filled with just all, so much emotion, just this joy and these tears. And I began my first thought was, oh, my gosh, for 50 years, believers, we've been praying and contending for this thing to be overturned. And now it has happened. And then I mentally began to think, man, God, you are so faithful. Amen. And I just began to be reminded of Luke chapter 1. You know, it says, uh, the angel tells Mary, you're going to give birth to a son named Jesus. The ultimate government is going to be on his shoulders and his kingdom will know no end. I don't know if you felt it, but ever since this Roe v. Wade was overturned, man, there's been a shift and a momentum that has been created for the kingdom of God to go forward like never before. And we can either stand on the sidelines and watch it or we can get in the game. And be a part of the advancement of his kingdom. We can stay on the sidelines and just complain about what's not happening. And stand on the sidelines and just wait on Jesus to return. And rescue us out of the turmoil of this world. Or we can realize that Jesus has already came once. And he paid a price for the spirit of the living God in power to come and live inside of us. So that we can partner with him to advance his kingdom that knows no end. Are you with me? Are you happy? This thing is happening, you guys. And then I begin to think, man, all the world-changing babies that now have a chance. 
Oh my gosh, these babies that God knew before he even formed them in their mother's womb and set them apart. And then it says in Psalms 139 that, that he formed them and when he got through forming them, he said they are fearfully and wonderfully made. Every one of these babies have a unique gift and talent and ability and personality and now they have an opportunity to be born to represent Jesus in a way that no one can because there's no one quite like him. Are you with me? The kingdom of God is going forward. And then I begin to think about all the mamas. And my heart began to break. Because for 50 years, these mamas have been sold man, a bill of lies. That they actually have an option to abort their child and walk away like it never happened. And it's a lie from the enemy. Because they actually never really had an option. That was a lie. And now this option has been taken away. Praise the Lord. And I just begin to think about all the mamas out there. And, and I feel like the Roe v. Wade, our response to Roe v. Wade being overturned, this shift and this momentum that's created is not just to celebrate. We're always going to do that. I can't hardly think about it without crying. But I feel like it's also a, an invitation to run with Jesus like never before. What if we began to represent Jesus Everywhere we go, to all these mamas, to all these children, to men, to people alike, we begin to represent him in such a way that they begin to realize, man, that Jesus is actually the greatest option. That he's the only one that can really bring life. And for all these mamas, he wants to release life through them. See, the enemy's after these women, man, because women carry life. Not just any kind of life. These women carry world-changing babies for the kingdom of God to be advanced. And what if we lived and represented Christ in such a way, y'all? It was all Jesus all the time. And people realized, man, Jesus is actually the only option. He is life. He's the answer. He's what I've been longing for and looking for. That's us, you guys. We get to carry him and represent him. The other reason that we always got to keep it in front of us, that the original cause never changed, is this. It's who we are now. It's who we are. We cannot separate our daily life and our walk with Jesus. And I know we know that. We, we like, it's like, I know we can't separate daily life and life in Jesus. It's got to be one. But I feel like so many times and I'm preaching to my own heart, we subconsciously separate our daily life and our walk with Jesus. And over here we got daily life. And it's good. It's rich, man. We're like, we got our jobs and we're providing for our family and we're going on vacation and we take the kids to the pool and then, oh, we got to go get groceries and then we need to go by the bank and then we need to go get, fill up gas. And I thought, we got daily life and it's good. And then we got our walk with Jesus over here and it's good too. It's like in our home, we're reading our Bible, man. We're worshiping. If you're like us, we have worship music playing all the time throughout our home, just constantly all day. We're even raising our kids in the kingdom. We're teaching them the word of God. It's awesome, man, but what if we didn't separate this walk with Jesus that's so rich in this daily life? What if they became one? I'm just thinking about that, man, just the most simple way. What if our walk with Jesus became our daily life and we didn't keep our walk with Jesus just inside the four walls of our house or this church? We went out and there was no difference. Everywhere we go, we begin to represent Jesus. 
Jesus just began to leak out of us through our attitude, through our work ethic, the way that we treat others, the way that we love others, the way that we forgive others, our eagerness to be so unoffended because people don't know who they are yet, but you do. And then our willingness to step out, man, and tell everybody what Jesus has done in your life. Everybody has a testimony. And, and everywhere you go, man, Jesus just, he just came bubbling up out of you. And there was no separation. There was no difference, man. Your daily life actually became your walk with Jesus everywhere you go, every moment of your day. Are you happy? This is who we are, man. This is who we are. What, what if we, what if we lived knowing that everywhere we go, Jesus goes. We carry his light. We carry his love. What if we live with an awareness this conscious awareness that everywhere we go, the Spirit goes with us. And that when we step out, He steps out. And that when we open up our mouth, He opens up His. When we lay hands on the sick, He lays His hands on the sick. When we begin to preach, He begins to preach. And with Him comes power that's available. Listen, if I were to ask you a question this morning, how many of you would love to see somebody saved every day of your life? You'd all raise your hands. Of course. I would. Two hands. If I were to ask you, how many of you would love to see somebody healed every day of your life? Yeah, we all want that. Why wouldn't you? That's why we're here. But here's the reality, man. Jesus wants that even more than you do. It's why he came and was crucified and ultimately why he ascended and the Spirit came to remain. The Spirit is here to see to it that everyone steps into what Jesus paid for them to have. My whole point is this, is the Holy Spirit is highly invested in evangelism. He is highly invested in people's lives. You never step out alone. Everywhere you go, he goes, the pressure is off because of how highly invested the Spirit is in people's lives. When you go, he flows. When you step out, he does. When you pray, he prays. And we get to partner with his power that's available, and we see things happen. This is who we are. I believe with all my heart that there's so much more for you and I to taste and to see and experience in the kingdom of God, but it requires a life of faith. It requires you and I to no longer separate our daily life and our walk with Jesus. It has to become one. And the result of that, the result of you and I walking by faith and not by sight, it's seeing the kingdom of God manifest, manifest. There's so much more that's available. You and I have way more authority and power than we currently realize and way more authority and power than we're currently using on a daily basis. You and I are loaded sons and daughters of God. We carry something so special. And it all gets to be driven by such a love for other people. This desire for them to have what we have. And we want them to have what we have because we love them. And we love them because he first loved us. And we don't ever want to keep it to ourselves. Are you okay? Are you happy? This is who we are, man. You know, I, I, I mentioned this last time I preached. I, I I begin this message of, of walking by faith and I sort of want to pick up where I left off. And, and I mentioned this last time I preached, but you know, God is moving all over the earth in such a powerful way. Whether we realize it or not. And some people say, well, man, you know, there's a lot of crazy things happening in the world. I don't really see God doing much. You're paying attention to the wrong things. See, our focus is not on what's not happening, but on what is happening. Our focus is not on what the world's saying around us. Our focus is on, man, God, what are you saying right now in this hour 
Our focus is not on what God's not doing. It's on, man, what is he doing? What is he saying? And what does he want to do through me on a daily basis? This is life. And I feel like we can be aware of everything that's happening around us, but we get to be more aware of him. We get to lock eyes with Jesus. What are you saying? What are you doing? What do you want to do through me? And all of a sudden, you'll realize, man, not only are you in the center of God's will at all times, but you'll begin to see the kingdom of God advanced through your life. And it begins to impact you and the people around you every day, everywhere you go. And I also mentioned this last time I preached. Not only is God moving in such a powerful way, but we have to realize that he wants to move. He's not obligated. He doesn't have to. For God so loved us that he gave his son Jesus. He wants to move. He's in the life-changing business. He's a God of action. He sent his son Jesus to down the cross so that he could get his hands on us in an intimate way so that our lives could be changed. And he didn't stop at that. After he sent Jesus, was crucified, resurrected, ascended. Then he sent the Spirit we don't always realize this or think of this, but God gave up two people. He not only gave up his son, when the son ascended, he looked at the spirit and said, now it's your turn. And the spirit didn't come to be crucified, resurrected, and ascended. The spirit came to remain, to live in us, to be upon us, and to be around us at all times so that we would all know that God is with us. And with the Spirit came power so that we would always realize and know, man, His power is so easily accessible. Ask and you shall receive, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be flung open wide because this is who God is. You don't have to beg. You don't have to plead. He's the God of action. It's why the Spirit came. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 7 and 8, I, I think I read this last time I preached, but Jesus tells His disciples, He says, as you go, preach this message. So we know that, that Jesus is saying, you, you should go. As you go, preach this message. We're not just supposed to sit, we're also supposed to go. There's a time to be still and know that he's God, but there's also a time to go and to declare that he is God. Amen? It's not and or, it's both. If you and I are only ever sitting, we're only ever coming to church, and we're not going to be the church, you will see very little happen to your life. When we were created for so much more. If we're not going, you'll see very little of the power of God flow through your life. And the Spirit is here. He's available. The kingdom has come, has come close. And that's what Jesus says. Go preach this message. The kingdom has come close. That's what we did yesterday. Essentially, we walked up to people and just we wanted them to know, hey, the kingdom of God's here. God loves you. And they go, man, what are you talking about? And then you're sharing the gospel. The way that you share the gospel and it's perfect because the spirit is perfect and he will move through you. This is not about evangelists, y'all. This is about sons and daughters. This is not about the anointed or the appointed. This is about the willing and the available and the Holy Spirit's ready. Isn't this awesome? There is no other way to live. He says, go, the kingdom of God has come close. And then he says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with lepers, cast out devils. Freely you've received, freely give away. And the reason Jesus said that is because the kingdom of God come close is not just a great word. It's a demonstration. Let me show you just how close the kingdom is. It's a demonstration because he's a God of action. Because the kingdom of God is not just a matter of talk. It's of power. And we begin to lay hold of this power as we begin to walk by faith and not by sight, which means we get to have spiritual eyes. 
even though I don't see it yet happening in the physical, I see it already taking place in the spiritual. Even though I haven't manifested yet, I'm going to live as though it already has. And that kind of faith lays hold of the kingdom that has come close. And the result is the kingdom manifested. Are you happy? Let me share a couple of scriptures just to encourage you. Wow, this is so good. In in, uh, Psalms 33, 4, it says this. It says, the word of God is right and true. And he is faithful in all that he does. The, the Bible, we, we read it. It's right. It's the truth that sets us free. And when we begin to obey it and apply it to our life, like Caroline was talking about last week, then you can rest assured that God is faithful to his word. Listen, here's what I've discovered in, in learning how to walk by faith. I have not arrived yet. Did you know that yesterday, before I would go up to someone and tell them that Jesus loves them, we ask them to pray for them, I was nervous? Can I just be real? Like, can, can I just tell you, I know everybody, you look at Wes, he's like, he's just like this, Rah! and I am because of the line that lives in me, right? But I get nervous, man. And there's plenty of times when I don't really know what I'm going to say or how I'm going to quite share the gospel in that instance, but I just open up my mouth, man, and just let the line just roar through me, you know, and just plant the seed you know, when, when you and I begin to apply the word of God to our life, we can rest assured man, that he is faithful to his word. And I've learned this. When it is so much easier to walk by faith when we begin to realize just how faithful God is. Our faith, Bill Johnson says this, I love it. He says, our faith declares that he is faithful. Are you with me this morning? It's that, again, that reminder that he's moving because he wants to. That reminder that he has come close. He's in the life-changing business. He's a God of action. He wants to get his hands on us. He wants to bring change. He wants to heal. This is not just what he does. This is who he is. His favorite thing in the world to do is to demonstrate just how faithful he is. He loves to show up in our life. And when we step out, he does too. Because we get to live with this an awareness that everywhere we go, the Spirit goes with us. He's faithful. In the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I'm, well, I'm walking. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 24, it says this, The one who calls you is faithful. He will do it. He calls us as his sons and daughters. And if you are his son or his daughter, you can believe with all your heart that he is faithful. And watch. It says he will do it. It doesn't say he might do it. Uh, He could do it. He's able to do it. He says he will do it. I read that scripture and the Holy Spirit said, Wes, this is an invitation for a childlike faith. This is an invitation to stop being such an adult and just being a little child that doesn't know any better other than the kingdom of God. That doesn't know any better than man. God will do it. When, my, when Jethro and Blaze come up to me and want me to pray, Blaze did this just this week. He, he came up to me and said, Daddy, my tummy hurt and pay, pay, pay. That's what he does. My tummy hurt and pay because he knows that I will. And he knows what happens when we do. Yep. Yep. 
It's amazing, man. My, and and they, they, that's like we do this thing when we're driving down the road. If we see an ambulance or a fire truck, we, we just start praying. God, we just bless. We thank you for these workers, for these people that are on this ambulance or fire truck. We just ask that you encounter them. We pray for healing wherever there needs to be healing, where they're going. We pray peace. and We just pray. Right now, Blaze will hear the sound of a fire truck, and he'll come running to me and say, pay, pay, pay. You can ask Caroline. He does it every week. There's a fire station really close to our house, so we hear it a good bit. And so Blaze comes up to me and says, my tummy hurt. And I said, okay. He says, pay him. So we begin to pray. And if, if I pray and he doesn't feel better, he doesn't, he does he can he cannot get, he does not get it. He doesn't know why. He like, he's like, daddy, till hurt, till hurt. And then he'll grab my hand and say, pay again, pay again, pay again. And we'll pray until it leaves. Now, listen, and I'm just, I'm just thinking to myself, it's like, oh my gosh, I got to have that, man. Like, like, what if we as believers, man, stopped having to know why God doesn't do something? What if our faith was so in God and not in the outcome that when something didn't happen, we didn't have to know why? Our response was just, God, nothing changes about who you are. You're still the healer. And that's what I tell my boys. Daddy, why do I not feel better? We've been praying for something for Jethro for a couple of months now. You don't need to know what it is just to honor him. It ain't, it ain't a big deal, but it's, it's a deal to us because we love him. And so Jet has asked me, Daddy, why? And, I, and here's my response. I don't know, but I know that God is still the healer. I know that Jesus still went to the cross. So I said, we're going to pray. Tonight is a great night for miracles. We lay in bed. We lay hands. And we, we quote James 5, 15, man. The prayer offered in faith will see the sick recover. Notice there's no formula in that. There's no big explanation. If you'll step out and pray in faith, you'll lay hold of the power of God and you'll see people recover. Well, Wes, what if we don't? I don't know what to tell you, but I know that nothing's changed about who God is, so we don't change the subject. We continue to step out and go until every person we pray for is completely healed. This is the faith, this child, like he will do it. Well, why? I don't know. He will do it. In Matthew 18, 3, Jesus says, unless you become like a child, you won't see the kingdom. In Mark 1.15, it says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And I believe with all my heart that one of the things that Jesus is saying there, to repent means to change the way that you think. I believe that one of the things that Jesus is saying is, hey, it's time to start thinking like an adult and time to start thinking like a child. Because the result of that is he will do it and you'll begin to see the kingdom of God manifested that is here and available and has come close like never before. Are you happy? Last thing and I'll be done. You ready? And then Wednesday, we're all going to go, right? And, and you can just come and pray if you want to. And we'll just pass out more waters. I don't know where we're going to go yet. The archery game was at Avondale. It was really awesome. But we might, maybe we'll go to get downtown to the BJCC or something. And, you know, we might not be able to get in because you have to have a ticket. But we'll pray for somebody and love on people, man. I, in the book of John, chapter 2. Uh, is the Jesus's first public miracle where he turns water into wine at the wedding in Cana, right? And so this 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 story, I mean, this there's it's miracle upon miracle upon miracle, just in and of itself. I mean, just the fact that that the servants obeyed Jesus 
to go and dip the water in these six jars. Do you understand what the jars were used for? for? So before the people, they didn't have roads like we, we had. They, their roads were dirt, dirty, nasty. And so they would take turns going into each of these dark jars, getting their feet wet and getting all the mud off. And Jesus tells the servants, hey, he didn't say go clean them out. Go fill them up to the rim and take your cup and dip it in dirty foot water and take it to the headmaster of the banquet. I mean, it's a miracle that the servants just obeyed Jesus to do that. I mean, their reputation, their job was on the line. That's a miracle in and of itself. But to me, the real miracle is the hope and the faith that, that uh, Jesus' and mother Mary walked in. Mary goes up to Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, we're out of wine, right? Now, listen, we don't know why they ran out of wine. Maybe the host did not prepare enough. Maybe more people came than were expected. We don't know why they ran out of wine, but they ran out of wine. And Mary realizes it and goes, this is, this is going to be a, a real quick source of embarrassment, of, of ridicule for my family, for the host here. And so she goes, I know someone who is capable of doing something about this. And so she goes up to Jesus full of anticipation. Hey, Jesus. Hey, son, we are out of wine. Right? Look, she knows who he is. She knows that he's not just her son. She knows that he's the son of God. See, she remembers. She remembers that talk between her and the angel. Says, you're going to give birth to a savior. And his kingdom is going to know no end. She knew why Jesus came and what he was capable of. That he came to demonstrate just how close the kingdom of God is. To reveal the love of the Father and the power that comes with that love. She knew who he was and what he was capable of. Hey, we're out of wine. If anybody can do something about this, it's you. And we know Jesus' response is, Mom, the scripture actually say, dear woman. I don't, I don't know why he says, dear woman. My mom has never come to me and asked me to do something. And I go, dear woman. I'm not going to question Jesus, though. I'm sure it meant something different in the Greek or whatever. But he goes, dear woman, (laughs) that's not my problem. It's not yet my time. And Jesus' mother, y'all, this is just ridiculous. She immediately turns and tells the service, you do whatever he asks you to do. You do whatever he tells you to do. And I don't believe that, that Mary, I don't believe it's that she didn't hear him say it's not my time. I believe she heard it loud and clear. But I believe that her faith had already overwhelmed her. I believe her faith had already set in and who she knew her son to be, the son of God. That when she heard it, man, it was too late. She was already like, man, you gotta, I believe there was some excitement. Man, you ever been in that group of friends before? And you got that one friend that can do that really weird thing. Where they can make that weird noise or contort their body. You're like, they show them what you can do. <laughs> and you know, like, they show them. Like, you got to do that thing. And then your friends are like, no, man, I ain't going to do that. Now's not the time, the place. And you go, whatever, it is the perfect time. You got an audience. And I believe that Mary was just like, she heard it's not my time, but she didn't hear it because her faith had already set in in who Jesus was and what he was capable of. So she turns around and goes, hey, if you do what he says, you're about to see something real special. You're about to see something special. And see, I believe with all my heart, man, that for Jesus, it really wasn't his time. 
See, he never did anything that his father hadn't already done. And he only said what he heard his father saying. So really, Jesus was waiting on the green light from the father to begin his public ministry. I believe that with all my heart. But what if? What if Mary's faith in the Son of God moved the heart of God in such a way that that's when God actually gave Jesus the green light to do what he was sent to do? And what if that was the plan all along? God was waiting on someone to have the faith to turn around and say, do whatever he tells you to do. You're about, your life is about to never be the same. He was waiting on that and that was going to be the green light. Hey, Jesus, now you can start your public ministry. There's one with faith. What if we're not waiting on God as much as he's waiting on us to step out and lay hold of the power that is available? Church, look at me. The kingdom of God has come close. And there are so many that don't realize just how close it is. There are so, there are so many believers, especially here in the South, Man, that, that, yes, I know Jesus, but it's an eight, it's a seven, it's a six. And they haven't understood just what God's grace is and the fact that his grace will not only forgive them, but empower them to run with Jesus forever. And it's not about sin. It's about Jesus Christ, our risen Lord and Savior. What if you and I, man, come on, let's stand up. What if you and I <laughs> stopped waiting on God so much? <laughs> and realize he's waiting on us to have the kind of faith that Mary had. Like full of excitement too. Hey, you, you're about to see something real special if you'll let me pray for you. That's the faith that we get to have. He will do it. Everybody look at me, church. This is who we are. We cannot separate our daily walk and our walk with Jesus. It has to be one. We can't just stay inside of our home preaching to our kids, even though that's important. We can't just stay inside the church. It's time to go, y'all. There is a shift taking place right now on the earth. There's a momentum that's taking place, and we get to go and be in the flow of it. Are you happy this morning? I want everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes. We rarely do this, but I just want to do this real quick. I feel led to do this. Nobody looking around. This is not religious. This is just to keep us from distractions. And I just want to ask a question this morning. Is there anybody in here right now that you would say, man, I've never, ever truly given my life to Jesus Christ? And if that's you, you've never made Jesus your personal Lord and Savior. Nobody looking around. Would you just slip up your hand so I can see it? awesome okay amazing wow thank you Jesus okay everybody look at me okay nobody raise your hand and that is incredible that means that everybody here knows Jesus is personally saved okay now that's awesome that's the point for everybody to be saved and know the truth so now that we know Jesus, and how many of you would love to raise your hand and just say, man, let's run with him. Let's go give this salvation away because it's not just for us. It's also for the sake of the world around us. I'm going to pray for you right now. Just a prayer of empowerment, a prayer of go, the go in the gospel. 
I feel like every time I preach, this ends up being an invitation. Go and change the world. But I'm going to pray again because we have to go on outreach until it becomes a lifestyle. we got to keep it for us at all times that the original call on our life has never and will never change. So let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for sending your son to the world to us so that we can be born again, so that we can have the spirit of the living God come and live in us and rest upon us in his power. So we just say right now, this morning, as a church family, we say, yes, we will go. We will run with you, Jesus. We will partner with you, Jesus, to go into the world to preach the good news. And we thank you that it's easier than we think it is because it's about you. It's about you, Holy Spirit. Help us to live with an awareness that everywhere you go, you, everywhere we go, you go, Holy Spirit. When we step out, you step out. We surrender and submit our lives to you this morning, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, listen, it's, it's 5 past 12. If you have kids, go grab them. But if you want prayer, bring them back in. I'm going to be up here if you need prayer for anything in your life, for healing, for uh, to rededicate your life to Jesus, whatever it is you need, I'm here. Jeremy's here. Caroline's here. Nedra's here. Eddie and Brittany are here. Sarah's here. Melanie's here. So if you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. We love you. Bless you. Go. Go.